This is the third week of my collaboration with Mental Floss Magazine, so hopefully you guys are getting the hang of it by now. But for those of you just joining us, I have suspended the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show uh, for eight weeks. This is the third of those eight weeks uh, because I am instead collaborating with Mental Floss Magazine on something called An Even Better You. They're coming out weekly. This is episode three. Uh, I think I already said that. I should probably stop talking and just start the episode. This Mental Floss podcast is brought to you by Fiat and the all-new Fiat 500X. Compact Italian style made for American roads with available all-wheel drive, full-speed collision warning, 3D navigation, and European swagger. Learn more at fiatusa.com or by scheduling a test drive with your local Fiat dealer. The all-new Fiat 500X, Italian for crossover. Welcome to An Even Better You, presented by Mental Floss and the Fiat 500X. I am Jeff Rubin, and today we are discussing how to appreciate fireworks with my guest, Phil Grucci of Grucci Fireworks. Welcome, Phil. Hello. Well, thank you very much. Now, Phil, what qualifies you to talk about appreciating fireworks? What's your fireworks resume look like? Uh, I'm very fortunate. My fireworks resume, uh, I have about I'm 52 years old, so I have about 52 and a half years experience <laughs> within fireworks because our our family now is in uh, is in its sixth generation of pyrotechnicians, state, dating back to 1850 with my second great-grandfather starting the business. This is a family business for you. It's most definitely a family business. In fact, my, my daughter, Lauren, is out in uh, Las Vegas completing a project out there for the Rock in Rio concert series. And my son just opened up a new roller coaster here on Long Island by doing a pyro show off the roller coaster. So they represent the sixth generation, and it's, it's going strong. You guys also have uh, some sort of record within your Grucci dynasty of uh, some sort of fireworks record. Is that right? We have uh, two now Guinness Book of World Records. What are those records? Like, how do you get a, a world record for fireworks? It depends on the classification, but the first one is, which is really the, the, the more difficult one to achieve, is the world's largest fireworks display. And we, we achieved that back in, on New Year's Eve of 2013 in the Middle East, in Dubai, where we illuminated the entire Palm Island, you know, the, uh, the series of man-made islands in the, in the water there, as well as... World Island, which is a 17-mile circumference plot of various islands that are in the shape of the world, it fired uh, 479,000 firework devices in six and a half minutes to uh, to achieve the world record for the largest fireworks display. And is that how the record is measured by devices? It's measured currently by the number of devices, yes. But we're um, we've already submitted some refining of the measurement, so it's someone can't fire, for example. 450,000 firecrackers and, and gain the same record. You know, there's there's a, a second dimension to the to the classification in order to achieve that. And what's that second dimension? Size of the firework? No, it's based on the net explosive uh, weight of the, the entire uh, explosives of the program. So if you look at the total quantity of devices and the net explosive weight of devices in, in conjunction with each other, that's how they value, or that's the proposal on how to value any future attempts to break the world record. And give me some sense of scale here. Like, how many fireworks would an average July 4th display, maybe in, like, a small suburban town, use? Um, you could have a few hundred uh, shells for, for a program of a small municipality, let's say, on the 4th of July. Uh, for example, 
everybody sees the fireworks that are behind the castle in Walt Disney World. That's about a six and a half minute fireworks display. That, if you look at that comparison, is about one two hundredth of the size of the program that we produced for uh, in uh, in Dubai for the world record. That is incredible. And you said you have two world records, right? What's the second one? That's right. The second one is for the and we basically uh, created this classification uh, the for the world's largest pyrotechnic image uh, in the sky. So we we first displayed a American flag nine hundred feet wide by uh, 550 feet high uh, for the 200th anniversary of the Star Spangled Banner in Baltimore last year in September, September 13th. So you know, as you've seen maybe in, in the past, a cartoon where you see a little rocket go up in the air and explode and out comes an American flag. Well, that's, that was up until the time that we've developed this technology. That was just in the movies. That was just on cartoons. But now we have the ability because we have a, a device that we we've patented, which is called the Pixel Burst, that has a small microchip embedded inside the firework device, where we can control the height by which we put a dot in the sky. And if we could fire, for example, on on the American flag that we fired in in Baltimore, if we could fire eight or nine hundred of these dots, and we could we can create red and white rows, and then a blue field, we were able to we were able to display the American flag. 900 feet wide in the sky. That set the world record for the world's largest pyrotechnic image. I'm convinced you know your fireworks, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. So what I'm excited to ask you is, you know, what in your mind separates a good fireworks show? I don't think I've ever been to a bad fireworks show. You know, but you go see fireworks, it's good. What separates a good fireworks show that everyone enjoys from a great one that's really special? Like, what do you look for when you see a fireworks show and you're trying to ascertain its quality? Well, beyond from the creative aspect, there's, there's a number of dimensions that I look for as, as a designer within our family of the firework displays that we produce. Uh, for, first and foremost, which is the most important part, is that the firework show is displayed safely. You know, the audience is at the proper distance away and, and the pyrotechnicians are looking at wind direction and determining the angles of, of the trajectory of the shells and things of that nature. That's all the behind the scenes things that you don't see when you go up to a normal fireworks display. But then once you sit down and the fireworks show is, is produced by professionals and we also have to comply with a whole host of re- regulations and working with bomb squads and, ex- and explosive experts and fire departments and police, get past all of that and then you get into the viewing of the show. What's the creativity? What's the design look like? And the difference between a really good fireworks show or a good fireworks display to a really great fireworks show is, is really, it all boils down into the design of the performance. Um, now we're performing more than we've ever had on a very sensitive structures, buildings and bridges and towers and things like that. When you can design and working with the architecture of the structure and you're, you're, you're displaying to milliseconds of accuracy and timing and hitting beats of music and you could put all of that together as a very integrated performance. That as compared to the maybe the small municipal type firework show where there's one firework going up and you know you have the, the ooh and then the ah and that show may last for 20 to 25 minutes. That's a good fireworks display, good performance. But when you go to a project uh, like many of the shows that now we are designing and, and, dis- and displaying, where it's, it's very intense, but it's, 
it's not just relying on volume, it's relying on distribution of the medium of the product, the different color combinations, the different technologies that we're working with. Like I said, as I mentioned before, where we could create shapes in the sky. And when people walk away just wanting a little bit more because it was so spectacular, they, they just can't wait to see what's next. That's when you've accomplished a really great fireworks performance. And what is your role? You refer to yourself, I believe, as like a designer. So are you just in the shop making these things? Are you the guy pressing the button to time it out? Well, with a family-run business, family-run and operated and owned business, you're kind of the chief cook and bottle washer. My formal title, <laughs> my formal title is CEO, chief executive officer, and creative director of our company. And we have two companies. One is a manufacturing company called Pyrotechnique by Grucci, which is located down in, uh, in Virginia, Radford, Virginia. And then we have Fireworks by Grucci, which is our performance company that obtains its fireworks from Pyrotechnique by Grucci that manufactures a lot of it and, import, and imports and refines the product. So Fireworks by Grucci is really the performance arm of the Grucci companies that we work with. So I'm the president and the creative director of both of those companies. So at any given time, I could be, just yesterday, well, actually I should say the day before yesterday, yesterday I was traveling, <clears throat> I was standing on the world's tallest building, the Burj Khalifa in, uh, in downtown Dubai. And I was there for a creative meeting, looking at the building and the structure and how we're going to be able to incorporate our specialty products and come up with that really great show that you were talking about before. And then the next day as the CEO of the company, I may be working with my accountants and working with the banks and doing all the business stuff that, that keeps the business running. And the following day, I could be working in human resources. We have 165 uh, employees at our factory in Virginia, 30 in our studios up here in New York, where we design and engineer uh, the fireworks performances. So any given day, you, you could be out on the field, you know, working with the crew and making sure that what the vision was as part of the design is, is translated out to the field and we're actually installing the fireworks display the way it's been, you know, the way it's been envisioned in our, in our minds and imagination. Can you talk about I, that creative meeting a little bit? I'm curious, <clears throat> if not this specific creative meeting, what you're doing with these people in Dubai, just like, what are the challenges? What are the usual discussions you have in a creative meeting? What are you sure. guys trying to figure out? The creative part actually is the most favorite, but it's, it's a lot more work than, than you may envision. It's, it's, it's certainly a, a very rewarding because you're starting off with a, a blank palette. You're starting off with a blank canvas. And in this case, we'll use the Burj Khalifa as an example. The, the canvas is, is blank with the exception of the structure. The building is there. So the creative process is looking at that canvas and, and working with the medium that we have, which equivalent to a paint. You know, our fireworks are, are like taking the paint and putting it on the canvas. How do you, how do you balance the colors? How do you balance... Many of our firework devices have different characteristics. Some are very baroque, very bold. Some of them are, are not. Some of them are soft, delicate, and and we can utilize that softness in the in the in the scenes that have to have that delicate touch to them. So the creative process is second by second plotting the types of devices or characters like like choreographing a performance at ballet. Some, some dancers have a very strong approach to it. Some of them have a very delicate and feminine type of approach. And we have to, you have to mix that product, those characteristics with the display to make sure that you've got the proper balance. It takes hours and hours. Right now it's about 
four hours per every minute of fireworks that you see in the sky. It's about a four-hour creative process before programming. And what I mean by that is many of our very elaborate performances are, are displayed utilizing series of computers. So the technology then is advanced where we're using laptop computers on a program to discharge the fireworks rather than the old days that my grandfather and my great-grandfather using a torch to light them manually. Um, so the programming time is, and then the packing time and all the time that happens in our factory, there's, 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 there's days and days of processing time that's necessary. But the creative process is about four hours for every minute that you see in a program. And then is there someone at that laptop, like a conductor, just like, go red, go green, go big smiley face in the sky? Or is it you just press a button and watch it all happen at that point? No, it's the, the person that's behind the, the, the tool, which is a laptop in the creative process, mostly is myself. Um, and I have a team of, of people that I work with that will take the creative process and then do the programming to assure that what I've what I've blocked out and what I've put into the creative element, which we have a 3D rendering process that we, we have capable to use as a tool, available to us as a tool, um, and then hand that over to the programmers to make sure that the computer programs are, are written and, uh, and, uh, and entered the, the way that the design is intended to be. But the design process where I want to have a red wind or Two of them firing at uh, 15 minutes and 22 seconds and 40, uh, I'm sorry, 15 frames. That process is the, the hour, four hours per minute time that I, I actually do in front of a laptop computer or a desktop that I have in my, in my studio. Um, so, so that's a laborious time. But then when it comes time to actually fire the project, it's not somebody sitting there making changes in the design. The design is already set. It's implementing what looks like an Excel spreadsheet that has time, quantity, and an address that, that the computer goes at that time, finds that address out in the field, closes a circuit, which then ignites an electrical igniter that lights the fireworks that are attached to it. It's a very elaborate process. I'm boiling that down into a very simple one-liner, you know, one but on any given uh, world-class program that we would perform involving computerization, you could have... 4,000 to 40,000 lines of code, which would be equivalent to 40,000 lines on an Excel spreadsheet that that computer would be implementing in a six and a half to 10 minute period. And this is a boring question, but I'm just curious, is this custom software that you designed for your company? And that's not boring. It's, it's, a, it's actually what was necessary. Yes, it's, it's, pro, it's a program that was designed for the industry that we took and we modified it dramatically in order to, to, uh, to adapt to our style of how we design a program. Do you, uh, is there a fireworks show that you've put on besides the record setting ones that you feel like was very well appreciated by the audience in the same way that like a musician or a comedian might step off stage and be like that was, and just know that was a good show. Do you ever get that feeling? Oh, we get, that's, that's the reward in what we do. We, we get that feeling quite often. And, and frankly, we get that feeling equivalent, equivalent feeling on a small municipal program where you may have a 20 minute performance. You have an audience of 500 that are sitting on a grassy knoll next to a lake you get the equivalent feeling of satisfaction and gratification when you're watching that audience than you do in a world-class program where the city of Las Vegas has a million and a half people 
down the strip and you're firing off of 11 rooftops because you hear the roar of that crowd. And the beautiful thing about what I'm honored with, you know, in, in the fifth, as representing the fifth generation of this family, is when you design a program, you can dictate when you're going to get the emotions high and when you're going to drop the emotions low. It's almost like take, turning a knob up and down. And there's something very gratifying about watching the audience react exactly as the way you expected them to react and seeing that, that energy come out of the audience. And a, a child of five years old will react very similarly to, to somebody that's 81 years old. And they both have that same look on, in their eyes when they're watching a, a good or a great fireworks performance. It's very rewarding. In the history of your company, have you guys ever developed a technology or a new type of firework that you thought was going to be big and then just like for whatever reason wasn't appreciated by the audience? Because fireworks are inherently awesome. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a bad one, but. Right, right. Uh, we haven't, we haven't, fortunately, we have a, a very good testing program where we, we, you know, we sample the product in front of small audiences and, and even ourselves. You know, we've got a big enough family and that are very opinionated and things generally don't come off the, uh, off of the R and D table to full production until it's, it's been refined and looked at by many. But there are some times when we, we may, you know, I may look at something from a design perspective and compose it. And then when it, it actually displays, it may have not peaked the audience as, as much as I wanted it to, or I thought it was going to. Um, it may just be the the mood of the audience, the the, the theme of the of the performance, uh, but it, it doesn't happen often. But we take that information back, and we always we always learn from that for the next performance and improve upon it. I have not experienced, nor that I know of my my predecessors before me, experienced a complete flop in a show. You know, there's there's enough movement in any one of our programs that. There may be one that eh, that didn't look as really fantastic as I thought it was going to. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. Like, I don't think you'll ever find a comedian who can tell you that he's never put on a show that bombed, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> they just need a lot of explosives. So, I mean, how much does a firework cost? Like, I'm at July 4th in New York. I see a big old standard firework go up in the air. What's, what, what, is, what is the cost of a firework? Of an individual device could be it could, could be a few dollars to you know just under a thousand dollars a unit or more for that matter. Uh, we're we're right now toying with the third world record that's out there, and I say toying. We're not really we're kind of beyond toying. We have uh, the engineering drawings and the uh, the know how and and the internal casing to be able to build the world's largest single fire shell, and something like that could be in the tens of thousands for one device. But average, the average size uh, firework devices are about two inches in diameter and they go up in, in diameter in size to eight to 10, in some cases, 12 inch in diameter. So the smaller shell could be a few dollars and you shoot thousands of them on a fireworks program and the larger shells, the eight inch, 10 inch and 12 inch could be in the hundreds of dollars. It just depends on how elaborate any given, you know, any given shell is. Can you think of another fire, a non-Grucci firework show that you've seen that really impressed you? Uh, I've seen one program in Versailles, France, that was very, very impressive. And again, that's partly because of the, be the beauty of the setting that we were in. Uh, the, the, the Palace of Versailles is an absolutely gorgeous architectural uh, structure 
and has great history, as we we, we all know. Uh, that was one that really impressed me. Uh, that was about 12 years ago. I was there with my family. We were, we were actually getting ready to do another performance while we were there uh, two weeks afterwards. Um, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's been a number of programs where we collaborated with other fire companies, like for the Olympics in Salt Lake City. That was nice to see multiple companies coming together that may be competitors in the normal day, to see something like that come across. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful shows. And frankly, it's not so much the show that has impressed me, but in Italy, for example, which is where my ancestors are from, where our heritage is from, you, they compete more so for the individual single shell. So when you see a single shell go in the sky and break 10 or 12 times while it's, but while it's, while it's in the sky before it comes back down and descends to the ground, it doesn't descend to the ground, I should say, that's very impressive because that's the craft of an individual device. Anybody could throw a whole bunch of fireworks in the sky, but you, when you see one really well-crafted shell launch and give you the 20 seconds of display time with uh, 10 or 12 breaks in it, that's impressive. And I've seen many of those in Malta in, uh, and in southern Italy and, and in areas where my, great, my second great-grandfather came from, which was uh, Bari, Italy. Is that where the business started in Italy? That's where our family business started, Bari, Italy, in, uh, in the middle 1800s, 1850. I guess I've never considered this before, but it seems like fireworks, a, a real global culture. I mean, there's no language. Like, let's say fireworks are maybe the universal language, but it seems like we're talking about Dubai and Italy and the Olympics. Sure. Uh, it seems like you've been very well traveled putting on fireworks shows. Is there a place like uh, a place you never expected to go that you've now put on a fireworks show? Yes. Next week. Uh, no, I'm sorry. In two weeks. Moscow, Russia. Wow. What are you doing in Moscow? That's a good we're one. We're actually utilizing that technology of the pixel burst that I mentioned to you before to open a new museum in, in uh, very close to the Red Square in Moscow. And my son Christopher will go over there with three other pyrotechnicians and work with a local Russian fire company. And we'll, we'll, we'll present a 60 meter by 60 meter black square in the sky which is the thematics of the of the contemporary museum of of art in uh, in Moscow, Russia? I never thought in my wildest dreams that we would be in Russia performing, you know, our our art form for the people of of Moscow. Is there a place that you still want to go that you haven't been to that you'd love to put on a fireworks show? Uh, aside from the moon, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have some. We have some uh, potential work in in uh, Copacabana. There's a very you know there's a very strong interest to do a very large performance down there for preparation for the Olympics. We have never been in Brazil yet. Um, that's probably the one that I'm I'm looking forward to. You know, and as you mentioned before, we're very fortunate. We are well traveled. We've been to Indonesia, to the Maldive Islands, to uh, many places in Europe, you name it, uh, to Dublin, um, to the Middle East now, Saudi Arabia, um, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. So we've, we've, we've been very, very lucky and seen a lot. My children are very fortunate. My, aunts, my, my father and grandfather and uncle and aunt, they've all been blessed by this business. It's not an easy business. It's, uh, there's a lot of pressure. You know, performing, performing in, in any form 
in any art form has before a live audience has its pressure. We perform before a live audience and we're, we're dealing and handling a hazardous material, which turns the screws a little tighter and adds a lot more pressure to our lives. So it doesn't come easy, but the rewards are fantastic to be able to perform. Our turnover is quick. We, we may work for six or eight or maybe a year on a given project. So we see, we see that gratification, the buildup and the, and the satisfaction of watching something come to fruition that you've been working on so hard. Um, so we, we're very fortunate. We're very lucky. And we're, we're blessed. Here's a nuts and bolts question. How do you get all of your fancy fireworks to Russia? Because they're basically <laughs> explosive. So I'm assuming you're not just like, packing them in your carry-on no no none of that although we do get that question quite often are you sure you don't have any fireworks in your bag yes i'm <laughs> sure we don't have any fireworks in our bag um but this that particular program we have to break the firework down to a point where we can get the the shipping class to the lowest um explosives level and then we do the final assembly when it gets to russia to build it back up to a product that's going to be uh, effective in the, in the performance. So in that particular case, we're able to fly the fireworks. It's not, it's not inexpensive. It comes with a cost, but we're flying the fireworks into, into Moscow. But the majority of the, the productions that we have, we put them on, on ships and they go by ocean freight in a container. Where would you recommend that people, is there like a firework show that's a great firework show that can show people what fireworks can really do um, that people can like sort of plan on attending because yours sound incredible and I'd love to see one, but I don't know if I'm going to be in Moscow next week or Dubai the week after. Is there, where, where do you tell people uh, to go see fireworks? Is it that Disney world show? Maybe the Disney world fireworks show is very, very good. They've established themselves as, as the place to be. If, if you want to see a good fireworks display, I would, I would always endorse that. Uh, we have, we have a uh, 90, 90 plus, I think it's 92 now, firework displays that will happen on the 4th of July alone from coast to coast all the way Your out. Your company? Our company, yes, on that wow. one day. And this year it's going to be a little bit harder because whenever the 4th of July uh, lands on a Saturday, it, everything is on the 4th of July. Sometimes we, we get the benefit that when 4th of July lands on a Wednesday, right. the celebration will happen on the Saturday before or the Friday or Saturday after. But this year it's on a Saturday, so they all will be happening at the same time. So we'll have about 400 pyrotechnicians out in places as far away as Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, down in Puerto Rico, in Florida, uh, up as far as Maine, north of Maine, and many places in between. And then from now, throughout the year, we'll perform about 250 times worldwide, 250 displays worldwide a year. Are there any tips you can give people who are going to see a July 4th fireworks show this summer? Maybe they're going to see their local show. Maybe they're going to New York. Maybe they're overseas, wherever they are. Just something they can do, something they can keep in mind when they watch those fireworks that will help them appreciate what's going on. Sure. From a design perspective and appreciate the creativity that's, that's happening, you should not see a show, regardless of the size, regardless of the budget, that looks throughout the whole program, like a 2D fruity fireworks display, meaning it's multiple colors happening throughout the show. You should see a, a well thought out compilation of various scenes. So you may see a palm tree, a silver or gold palm tree scene. 
that transitions to maybe a golden weeping willow scene that maybe transitions to a red strobe to a butterfly spinning butterfly scene you should see when you see a, a, a very good fireworks performance those very crafted scenes not just you sometimes you see fireworks where the pyrotechnician for whatever reason they'll just take whatever they take out of the box load it in into the into the mortar tubes and fire it in that order so it's very random uh, that's one thing you should be looking at that's somewhat of the basics of a good choreographed a good design program then if you go if you're fortunate to be in any one of the major cities that have the larger scale programs I mean, we'll be in Philadelphia Boston uh, Las Vegas, uh, California, there'll be, in, like I said, Honolulu. Many of those programs are, are musically, we choreograph the performance to the music, to a music, music score that's either broadcast on a radio station or um, on a local PA system. That you'll be able to understand the correlation, you should be looking at the correlation and the, the choreography between the music and the fireworks. If the music is soft and delicate, well, the product that you see in the sky should perform with the equivalent uh, emotion, very soft, pretty. Uh, if the music is bold, the rock and roll type music, uh, strong and driving, well, the fireworks should match that. And the tempo, the amount of fireworks that are being fired in those moments should also match. Uh, and then you know, I'll come back again to what I mentioned before. The primary thing is make sure that the fireworks show that you're going to watch seems to be conducted professionally, meaning there should be plenty of distance between you the audience and the, the point of discharge or where the, where the mortar tubes are that are launching the fireworks, where the pyrotechnicians are. Um, our rule of thumb, and it's a national industry average, is 100 feet per diameter in inches of any firework device that you're looking at. So if the firework shell that you see the, the tubes from afar that look like they're about three inches in diameter, you should be at least the length of a football field away from that point of discharge. And that's that's the safest part. Your know, distance is our is our best advocate for a safe fireworks show. Is there anywhere someone can go online to find a list of Gucci firework shows, read about the history of your incredible company and family? Absolutely, uh, very easily. www.gruchi.com. You'll also see an app that we just developed that uh, that's available to many of the firework displays that we're performing. That you can download the app. And you'll be able to select that firework show that may be in your area that has music and listen to the music on your on your uh, phone uh, choreographed to the fireworks performance that you're seeing in the sky. So go to our website. And you'll see that list of displays and it'll also highlight those those locations that that we have the app uh, linked to. It's so cool. It's so cool to hear uh, about a company that's uh, not only you know, doing a great job at this like literally ancient art, but you're also like pushing it forward and trying new things, be it the app or, or the pixel. Uh, I forget what it's called. The pixel, 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 pixel exploder. And uh, <laughs> I've been watching fireworks my entire life, but I learned more about them in the past 30 minutes than I did in the previous 30 years. Thank you so much for uh, talking about fireworks with us this afternoon. Well, thank you. This Metal Floss podcast was brought to you by Fiat and the all-new Fiat 500X. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to An Even Better You on iTunes or SoundCloud, and be sure to visit MetalFloss.com.